Evening, everybody. It's really good to see you. Let's pray before we go any further. Father God, we thank you so much for this chance to gather together this evening. Thank you that we get to take time out to, uh, to get into your word. Uh, we thank you that it is living and active. And we pray that it would be at work amongst us this evening. And we pray that you'd give us ears that are willing to listen. Amen. I don't know um, how much you go in for April Fool's Day. I have to admit to being a bit of a prankster back in the day. Um, but there have been some great... Uh, April Fool's Day adverts over the years. I don't know if you've seen some of these. Uh, one of my favorites uh, was a BMW advert uh, that I spotted uh, that talked about its magnetic tow technology. And uh, under the picture it says, why burn your fuel when you can burn someone else's? Our ingenious new system locks onto the car in front via a magnetic beam. Once you're attached, take your foot off the gas, turn your engine off, and all you need to do is steer. Sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, another year, a, uh, a Skoda advert, flick on again, uh, appealed to parents by highlighting uh, their noise-cancelling headrest, uh, which fe featured uh, special quarrel cancel technology, uh, which uh, drowns out the bickering in the back of the car and leaves parents in a zen-like state of calm in the front. Surely we can't be that far off on that technology. Sounds great. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure uh, whether you would have been fooled by those if you'd see them in a magazine, uh, but it is easy to fool people sometimes, isn't it? And it can be easy to be fooled ourselves. Being fooled in some ways can be fairly harmless fun, like those adverts, uh, but realize that fool us can be some of the most dangerous things in life. The really dangerous lies are the ones that we truly believe, uh, but they don't really describe reality. To give you a, a basic, uh, if a bit silly example, imagine you can fly uh, and you jump off a building uh, and suddenly reality hits you very quickly. And now hopefully not many of us believe that we can fly here today. Uh, and maybe many of us are sat there thinking, I don't believe lies, I'm not easily fooled. But we all have ways of looking at the world and at ourselves uh, and ideas. Uh, which shape our minds and shape how we live and who we become in life. And I think deep down we all know that we have blind spots and areas where our thinking is distorted or wrong. And if we don't see reality, it's incredibly dangerous, especially when it comes to the truth about ourselves and about the God who made us and what that means for life and for death. And in this passage, uh, Paul could see the, that the Colossian church who he's writing to are in danger of being fooled, uh, and he doesn't hold back in warning them. Uh, so he says to them, don't be taken captive. Uh, do you see that in verse 8? He writes, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceits, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ." Uh, the word for taken captive here uh, was usually used for plundering a cargo ship uh, or, or carrying off humans and taking them as slaves. And so Paul is saying, resist as if your ship is under attack and someone is trying to steal your treasure and take you away and make you a slave. Uh, he's saying to the Colossians that, that we are in a war uh, between truth 
and lies. The philosophy uh, that he talks about here, that he condemns, uh, isn't uh, specific like um, the study of philosophy as we would know it, um, just in case you're doing a philosophy A-level. He's talking about more general teaching about God and the world that isn't according to Christ, uh, teachings that were floating around at the time. There were people in the Colossian church who were teaching that the Colossians needed to move on from their initial faith in Christ, uh, and they needed to add other things to the gospel if they were going to elevate their spirituality and faith. Uh, And we can really easily slip into that same type of thinking today, can't we? Uh, Maybe we feel that we need certain spiritual experiences uh, to elevate our faith and break through to God. Uh, or we need to go to Mass a certain number of times a week to be really spiritual. Uh, or even we think that our, our Bible reading and prayer or our service to, the God, to God uh, can make us acceptable to Him. And it's really easy to be seduced by that kind of talk. Uh, it can sound really spiritual, it can sound appealing. Uh, maybe the People peddling it sound really eloquent uh, and sophisticated. Uh, They don't seem like bad people. They're they're lovely and they're sincere. uh, And they seem deeply spiritual. Uh, But Paul says it might sound great. uh, But verse 8, this philosophy is hollow and it deceives. Uh, It's empty deceit, Paul says. Uh, Not only that, but it's according to the elemental spirits of the world. Uh, by which uh, he seems to mean that this teaching is inspired by demonic forces. It's not just human, uh, but it has the devil behind it. Uh, John, in his gospel, describes the devil, uh, and here's what he writes. When he, the devil, lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Uh, Lies and deceptive ideas are the devil's primary way of taking us captive. He is a liar. So how can we know the truth? Rather than just guessing, uh, we need someone to come from outside into our world who can show us reality. Uh, We need God, our creator, to to show us what's really true. Uh, And that's what Paul says next to the Colossians. Do you see that in verse 9? He writes, In him, in the Lord Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Uh, Meaning, in Christ we see the face of God. He isn't just like God. uh, He shows us the whole fullness of God. And therefore, in him we can know the truth. Jesus himself said, if you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, it's only in coming face to face with reality as it actually is in Christ that we can know peace and freedom. And not only do we have the truth in Christ, but that truth is breathtakingly amazing. Uh, That's what Paul wants the Colossians to see next. He's not content to just warn them uh, against lies. Uh, He can't resist another opportunity to 
point them again to the treasures that there are in Christ as he's done again and again in this book. He wants them to see that the way that we resist the devil's lies is by seeing how amazing the truth is. And so verse 10, he tells them, you have been filled in him, Christ, who is the head of all rule and authority. Uh, Or to put it another way, uh, Paul's saying, you've got everything in Christ. Why would you look elsewhere? Christ has the fullness of God. And if if we are trusting Christ, then we are full of his fullness. I don't know how many uh, beach days you got in the summer. Um, it was a really good start to the summer, wasn't it? But uh, it wasn't quite so warm over, over the summer holidays. Uh, but imagine you're on the beach in the, by the North Sea and maybe you're making um, a sandcastle with a moat. Uh, and you go to the water to fill up your bucket. Uh, and instantly the bucket fills with water, doesn't it? And you're never going to run out of water to, for, your, for your sandcastle, are you? There is endless water to fill your bucket with. And in some ways, it's similar with Jesus. Uh, There is no limit to the fullness we can have in him. Uh, We can just keep going to him and hold more and more of his fullness uh, as we get to know him better and as we understand more of what he has done for us. Paul shows the Colossians how they've been filled in Christ in the most amazing way. Uh, In verses 11 to 15, he, he gives us an incredible summary of what it means to be trusting Jesus. Have a look at what he says in verse 11. Uh, He says this, In him also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Now, don't worry if you didn't get all that first time. Uh, There's quite a lot in there. It's a bit tricky. Uh, But let me unpack it a bit. Now, in the Old Testament, circumcision was a marker of God's people. But it was only ever an external marker. It couldn't actually change people's hearts or wash them clean. It could only point forward to Jesus as the fulfillment of it. And when we trust Jesus, we're not made part of God's people by human hands, by a mark on our body. We're brought into God's family through the circumcision of Christ, so to speak, metaphorically, uh, meaning through Jesus' death and his resurrection. Uh, The moment you you come to faith by trusting what Jesus did for you on the cross uh, was the moment when you are spiritually circumcised by God uh, in that he forgives you your sins uh, and he moves you from being outside God's people to being one of God's people. Putting your faith in him was marked by your baptism, verse 12. Uh, And baptism signifies uh, passing from being spiritually dead, condemned for your sins, uh, and cut off from God, 
to being made alive, forgiven, uh, and back in relationship with God. And we are able to move from being dead to being alive because of the cross, because of Jesus' death for us. Think of a list of all your sins, uh, everything you've ever done, every wrong action and thought, everything you haven't done that you should have done uh, on every single day of your life. If you really thought about that, if, imagine if it was put up on the PowerPoint here, you'd feel guilty and ashamed, uh, and so would I. But if you are trusting Jesus, that list, that entire list, has been nailed to the cross. Jesus has paid that debt. Paul writes, verse 14, that at the cross, Jesus took the written record of all our sin, our our moral debt sheet, and he nails it to the cross. And he says, I'll pay for these. Criminals who are executed by the Romans usually had a sign put up above their heads stating what they were being executed for. And referring to that, one commentator writes, Christ has forgiven you all your sins. He has utterly wiped out the damning evidence of broken laws and commandments which always hung above our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it over his head to the cross. You might have heard of the famous 16th century reformer, Martin Luther. Uh, If you haven't, or if that's not your thing, uh, just listen to a dream that he had. Uh, He writes about having a dream uh, in which he was visited in the night by Satan, uh, the father of lies. And uh, Satan brings him a record of his life that uh, Martin has written himself. Uh, And Satan says to him, is this true? Uh, Did you write this, this list? And uh, the terrified uh, Luther has to confess that it is true. And he did write it. And Satan brings scroll after scroll and says, is this true? Did you write it? And Luther has to say, yes, it is true. And Luther feels miserable in his dream. Uh, But then suddenly he has a, a revelation and he turns to Satan. And he says, it is true, every word of it, but right across it all, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That is the fullness that we can have in Christ. Uh, That is the the freedom and peace that we can have in the truth. Uh, That is the amazing reality that Paul wants us to see and he wanted the Colossians to see. Uh, The Colossians were being taken captive by lies. Uh, They were being made to feel guilty. They had to do more. Uh, What they were doing was not enough. Uh, But in Christ, the Colossians can be filled. uh, Filled by being released from guilt. Filled by being forgiven. Uh, And we can too. Uh, The devil loves lies. He loves to tell us that we are guilty. And we must resist him uh, if we're trusting Jesus. Uh, 
but uh, we can also take to heart what we see in verse 15 in this passage. Uh, do you see there uh, in verse 15 uh, that um, the devil has been defeated? Uh, at the cross, uh, verse 15, he, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Uh, the cross marks the decisive defeat of demonic powers and the devil. Paul wants us to see that these evil powers exist, uh, but they are defeated. Uh, we no longer need to fear the outcome, outcome of the battle, uh, but they still can be dangerous in defeat. Uh, and so Paul goes on to say, uh, my last point, hold fast to Christ. Hold fast to Christ. In the last part of this passage, uh, Paul writes, verse 18, let no one disqualify you. Uh, stay rooted in Christ, verse 19, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. You see, these troublemakers in Colossae uh, were setting themselves up as judges of who was right with God and who wasn't, uh, or in our language, uh, who was a Christian and who wasn't a Christian. Uh, they were saying that you needed the gospel plus something else. Uh, and if you didn't conform to their rules, uh, mentioned in verse 16, uh, rules about eating or drinking or specific religious festivals and holy days, uh, if you didn't conform to those, then they passed judgment on you. Uh, they ruled you out of God's people. And so Paul writes, verse 23, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion. He's saying, these things, uh, they seem wise and they sound really spiritual, uh, but what they actually do is promote confidence in self and not in Christ. Uh, it was all about what you did and not about what Christ has done for you. And the reality is, you cannot save yourself and that is a dangerous deception. Uh, and so Paul says, don't be led astray. Hold fast to Christ. As uh, Ken pointed us to a couple of weeks ago uh, in the previous bit of Colossians, uh, we're like a tree uh, and we need to put down deep roots in Christ. Recently, um, someone shared a, a news story with me uh, with a, a big picture of a, um, a blue car with a Christmas tree strapped to the top. And the police uh, actually, well, this was on, on, uh, on social media, uh, and the police had um, written a message below it, and it said, this chancer decided rather than pay for this year's Christmas tree, they would help themselves to a tree of their choice from Clackenog Forest. I suppose they didn't consider the numerous trail cameras. Well, someone will be calling soon, and it won't be Santa. <laughs> Apparently, every year, uh, people who grow Christmas trees have to um, put out guard dogs and CCTV cameras because people steal the Christmas trees. They don't have to buy them. And the Colossians, uh, in looking around for a better offer, uh, better soil to, to grow their life in than Christ, uh, we're in danger of being uprooted and stolen like a, uh, the tree on that car. Uh, so Paul says to them, don't be taken captive. Because anywhere else you could go is a downgrade. 
and you've got everything you need in Christ. But we so easily slip into looking for a better offer, don't we? Uh, we listen to those who say, uh, the soil is, is much better over there. Uh, maybe there's more fullness, more joy, more growth over, over there. And there are so many different pots of soil that compete for Jesus in our lives, aren't there? Uh, and we so easily let ourselves get uprooted and taken away by the tree thieves. Uh, there's the, the religious pot uh, where, like the Colossians, uh, we're told that if we do certain rituals, if we have certain spiritual experiences, then we'll be much more fulfilled. Uh, but it leads to, to pride and judgmentalism uh, and a faith that is often joyless and skin deep. Or we can get taken in by the soil of ambition uh, where we make work our Lord and we end up so busy that we don't even notice that we've let work master us. Or we go the other way and we pursue comfort, thinking that we will find peace. But it's so easily ripped away from us by life circumstances. Uh, or there's the romance pot of soil uh, where our relationships become Lord and we let our dreams of love, sex and marriage lead us slowly but surely away from the only one who can truly satisfy our cravings for acceptance, intimacy, and security. Where do you need to make sure that no one takes you captive? Where are you tempted to get carried away by the tree thieves? Jesus says to us, I am the truth and the truth will set you free. In him you have everything for all understanding and all fullness and all freedom from sin. So remember the, the grace of Christ. Know that you have died with him and you have been made alive with him if you are trusting Jesus. And sit again at the foot of the cross and be filled with all his fullness. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that in you we can know the truth, that we don't need to keep chasing around, and that we don't need to be deceived. And we thank you that uh, that truth is uh, not just uh, uh, good to know because it's truth, uh, but it is an incredible truth. We thank you so much for coming down and going to the cross for us. We thank you for paying that price for our sin. And we pray that we might rest in you and trust you uh, we pray that we would rejoice in what you have done for us. And we pray that you'd help us to not be taken captive. Please help us to guard against the devil's lies, uh, guard against the, the things we so easily chase after. And we pray that we would hold fast to Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.